Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, back here on The Extra Point Show, Sal Capaccio. Siggy Joe has left the building. It's like, Elvis has left the building. We should do that whenever Siggy Joe. No, Siggy had to uh, bolt today, but that's okay because we got a... Uh, Fun hour lined up for you. I don't know how much fun it is to talk about the Sabres now, though, to be quite honest. But Paul will join me at the bottom of the hour. The Sabres will be on the ice skating. Sabres-Bruins tonight, 7 p.m., 6 p.m. pregame here on WGR. We're going to get with Tracy Wolfson in a second. Did you see the story about Marvin Harrison Jr. and Trayvon Henderson of Ohio State? The report is they've allegedly been offered NIL deals that rival first-round draft pick money to keep them at Ohio State for the 2024 season. This whole NIL thing is so crazy to try and figure out, follow. There's so many tentacles to it. It is the accountability, the, the tracing of it, where it's all coming from. Lots of different things involved with all of this. I will say this, though, and I have no problem. I think the, the kids should definitely share in the income and the revenue that's being you know, put out there and, and what they generate. You know, the NIL part of it, a lot of people can you'll have at it with, well, the bigger schools and the more money. The other part is it might get really good players to stay in college a little longer if that's the case. Now, I don't know what they mean by the kind of money to, you know, first round pick. That's quite a bit. That kind of NIL money, Ohio State, wow. We'll see. But that's the report today. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Trayvon Henderson allegedly been offered NIL deals that rival first round draft pick money to keep them at Ohio State. We'll see where all of this goes. A lot of changing landscapes in the world of college sports. And someone who knows that very, very well is my next guest. Of course, she's going to be on the sidelines for the Bills and Chiefs Sunday, the third straight game. The Bills are going to have the CBS number one team of Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wilson. And Tracy joins me on the West Her Hotline. Tracy, always good to talk with you. Thanks for taking some time today to talk about the Bills and this game and anything else. Great to talk to you, too. I was just listening to you talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, yeah. Hendrickson. And as a Michigan fan, of course, we don't want them to return. Send them on <laughs> to the NFL. That's right. <laughs> 
No, that's right. That's right. Listen, I, I want to ask you about, you, you You know, you've touched all sports. You've covered all these sports, uh, college football. And by the way, uh, my, my co-host, Sneaky Joe, had to bolt. We would love to be here with you. We had to leave today. So I just okay. want to tell you, it's just uh, you and I, but uh, Joe would be here normally. I won't take um, but, but this whole, yeah, listen, the, the Michigan thing, the Jim Harbaugh thing, I mean, you, you watch it as you're a Michigan alum. You went to Michigan. And, you know, these are obviously serious allegations at the level of being suspended. But at the same time, people say, OK, well, everybody does it. You know, where do you fall and how do you try to approach it both personally and professionally? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because obviously Michigan's my team and, and I but I do work in this business and I understand it. I have a very good relationship with Jim and and really respect him and, and what he's done at Michigan. And look, I don't know all the details like like everyone else. I mean, we hear everything, we read everything, but we really don't know what's actually, you know, what actually took place. And if he really had no knowledge of it, and this was just happening behind the scenes, well, that's one thing. If he did have knowledge and he was the mastermind behind it, that's another. Um, So I think it's just, you know, you just have to separate yourself from that. That will, uh, my loyalty does not change. I am a diehard. And I, as I always say, it's kind of like if we were in these situations, I put blinders on and just focus on my team on the field. And I think that's what Michigan did. Um, certainly down the stretch of this season when, when their head coach was suspended and they were dealing with all that adversity. So um, respect the way they handled it as a team, because ultimately, you know, it's about the players and the players were not the ones involved in it. Did you think Florida state got kind of hosed a little bit here or do you, do you think the committee got it right? I feel bad for Florida State and those players. I really yeah. do. And we don't know what yeah. type of team they are without their quarterback. And they won games without their quarterback. I understand the competition they played. But you go undefeated as a Power 5 conference, that's what they ask you to do, and you should be able to get into the playoffs. And I'm not just saying that because, oh, Michigan wants to play Florida State. I mean, that's ridiculous. We played no, TCU right. and we lost. So, you know, don't. Don't say that. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they they did exactly what they were supposed to do. That's right. And they were not allowed in. And I, I, I feel bad for those players. And I, I don't agree with the um, with with the call. Well, I gave the exact same sentiment and I didn't go to Michigan. I gave the exact same sentiment I've had earlier this week. So it's all good. Uh, one more thing on college I want to get to with you and ask you. you, you you've. You've followed these sports. You've covered these sports for a long time. It is really, truly a changing landscape with NIL and the transfer portal. And, you know, we just hired a coach at Syracuse. I went to Syracuse and, you know, yeah. Fran Brown comes in. He was the number one recruiter in the country for Georgia. He has no head coaching experience. That's where we are now. You got to you gotta recruit yeah. your own kids. You got to recruit kids from other schools. You got to recruit high school kids. You got NIL. I mean, like, are you sour on it or, hey, do you just kind of roll with it? Like, what's your kind of overall big picture view of the changing landscape and where we are right now with all this? Yeah, I I think it's a confusing time. You know, I don't I think there's a lot of moving parts. All teams, all schools are not on the same level when it comes to all of this. Um, You know, there's not a governing body that's really, you know, doing that for everyone. So there's a lot of um, differences depending on how much money you have, how how much NIL you have coming in. Um, how big of a school, what your donors, what you want to do with it, how how you're even just set up in an athletic department for that. So I do think that there's um, there's just so much out there that it's just not on a level playing field. But I do, and I heard you kind of mention it a little bit, I've always been not for paying players but allowing players to earn revenue in some way. Yeah. They, they are the ones out there, you know, putting their, you know, their bodies, their lives and, and their time and their effort 
um, to, to make money for schools, ultimately, and for the universities and, and for these governing bodies. And so I do believe that they deserve some part of it. And I also believe that it would keep them in school longer. And I'm a proponent yep. for that. Like that, to me, is the number one goal is getting an education for these student athletes. And if that means that, you know, paying them or, or have them having the ability to make some extra money will allow them to stay in school, great. And, oh, by the way, what a learning tool it is for them. They're managing money. They're making business deals. Um, they're seeing maybe what they want to get into after their careers are over. And I think it, and it works from all sports, too, which is what I love. So I am a proponent no for it. I just think they have to figure it out. Tracy Wilson on the West Her Hotline. All right, Tracy. So for many, many years, we did not have the pleasure of having Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wilson in Buffalo. It was a 20-year playoff drought, right? But things changed <laughs> in 2017. And over the last few years, it got more and more frequent. This will be your third Bills game in a row. They had a bye week in there. But it seems like, hey, this is happening all the time. It goes and speaks to the state of the Bills, obviously. But from your perspective, you know, uh, how things have changed for you to be able to cover this team and this organization, what it means to the NFL and CBS to have the Buffalo Bills at this level yeah i absolutely love it you're right i mean it took a little while for us to get there but now that we're there it's one of my favorite cities um to travel to my favorite stadiums to be a part of and and of course the coaching staff and the pr staff and everyone we the players of course and everyone we get a chance to work alongside are top notch and that makes it easier you tend to root for teams you like to work with um, certainly Buffalo is one of those. And, and of course, every time, you know, we're there, it's, you know, a number one top matchup. So you're getting yeah. a tremendous game, a tremendous effort. Um, and, the, you know, just the heightened awareness from everyone outside of Buffalo about what's happening and, and certainly bringing, you know, more eyes to the city and to the team. All right. What is, from your perspective, been wrong with the Bills being at six and six. You've covered this team uh, several games now, been out on the sidelines, watching some critical mistakes here or there. It just seems like they can't get out of their own way at times. What's been the biggest issue with the Buffalo Bills this season and why they're in this particular spot on the outside looking in? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe they just don't know who they are. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, coming into the season, I, I did say to myself, you know, what did they do to get better? Um, in the off season. And we really haven't seen that, right? Like you didn't no big signing, no big, you know, change and, and where the teams around, you know, the bills are doing that. Um, and I, I think that's kind of what they're trying to figure out is who they are, what's their strengths. Um, I think, you know, certainly we've seen over the last few weeks, the change in the offensive coordinator. And I'm not saying whether, you know, that had, should have been done or not done. I'm just saying there's some life, a mm -hmm. little bit more of life infused, um, you know, as Sean McDermott, and we talked about it, you know, the last time we were together about, you know, bringing more energy and life to this yeah. team. And I think that's kind of something that, that was missing coming into this season. So whether that change brings it, we don't know. Um, and then I think, look, anytime you have the defensive injuries that this team has gone through at every level with their top guys, that is going to um, reflect on the field. And, and it's not just the guys that aren't, it's the leadership also that you take away from this team. And I know full well, top teams have great, tremendous leadership on the sideline. And so when you take guys away because they're injured, who bring that kind of leadership, it, it's very difficult. 
you know, we, we're going through a time period here in Buffalo, here on this radio program. I get it on my social media feed. Fans are mad at Sean McDermott. They're wondering if the Bills have hit their ceiling with this particular coach. And I get accused of defending him too much because I always think about where this team came from and what he's done for this organization and the stability they have with Brandon Bean. But I also think I respect and I think it's a fair argument. There's been a lot of one score games and there's been some you know decisions. But, you know, from your perspective on the outside looking in, I'm always you know curious what you think about what this coach is right now, where this team is with him, what he's been able to do and where they can go going forward. Yeah, well, it's a results-style business. That's what it is. So I don't think we could say anything until the season's over and see where they are. Um, And I think the next few weeks are certainly going to say a lot. And there's been a bunch of change, and there's been a bunch of, as we mentioned, injuries. And, um, you know, you can't always blame the head coach. Unfortunately, that is what winds up happening in this business. So I think, you know, the change at the coordinator position is, hey, can, you know, will that be a change, right? That's kind of the first step. And we see, we see this with teams, you know, throughout the league right now. You're like, just make a change and see if maybe that will be the difference. Um, and so, you know, I understand fans of NFL teams and their fury and their frustration. Um, I live in New York. I'm surrounded by Jets fans at all times. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I understand um, you know, I talk my, I have to talk my father off a ledge every single day, um, you know, who, who wants, you know, the he- a head coach fired. And I have to explain that it's more, there's more to it than that. So I think it's, as you know, look, it's a results, you know, style business. And I think, you know, I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll figure th- things will be figured out once the season is all said and done where this team is and what the future holds for it. Let me flip it around and ask you, what's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs offense? They just haven't been the same this year, not obviously putting up the same kind of points. They've been leaning more on their defense. What's wrong with their offense from what you see? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone wants to blame the wide receivers. Um, Certainly there's, you know, there's not that number one guy besides Kelsey, and you take away Kelsey because that is what you game plan for every single game. And there's just not no continuity. Now, what I do think is great about this Kansas City defense is when they can run the ball and when they can commit to the run, something that they haven't really done in the past with this offense. And you saw it a little late in the, in the season last year, and I always believe this team is better when they can run the football. And now more than ever with the wide receivers kind of unproven, not to say that they're not good because I hate when you know, you're hearing that rhetoric. No, they're just mm-hmm. unproven. They're young. Um, you're seeing Rashi Rice come now and be maybe that number one guy. And he's a rookie. It takes time and takes time to mesh and to gel and to get onto the same page. So, look, I do believe the loss of Tyreek was a big loss. And I understand they made it to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl without him. But mm-hmm. that's one year. And so you make some adjustments and then things change and they lost a bunch of wide receivers. They lost a lot. And so I still think they're trying to find their way. Um, but what you see with this team is not their offense. It's their defense that has been winning games for them up until last week against the Green Bay Packers. So that's a big change. Um, you know, I think when you look at a Kansas City team, that's not immediately what you think of, right? Um, but that's how they have been winning games. Do, do you – I mean – Nobody be shocked if the Chiefs ran the table, won the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody would be shocked if the Bills got in the playoffs and wind up getting, right. you know, to, to Las Vegas. Nobody would. But but how do you handicap the AFC right now? Is it is it just hey, just throw throw the dice, put it in a put it in a cup and spit it out, or is there a team that you're looking at and say, you know what, that might be the team to beat, whether it's Miami or Baltimore, or anybody else? 
it's really crazy to me because, you yeah. know, I think the teams we thought would be in the mix are not, and the teams that are in the mix and the teams that, you know, and then you have Kansas City and you're like, but they don't look like Kansas City. And then you have Baltimore because they're healthy, but there's still so many more games left and you just don't know, like, can they finish strong, which they haven't been able to do, and what can they do in the playoffs, which they haven't been able to succeed in. And then you see Miami, who just can't win a big game against a tough team. And you're like, well, they need to be challenged. And, you know, they have Baltimore coming up. I, certainly that will, be, that will be a big game for them. But, you know, and then, yeah, you expected the Bills right, to be right there. Kansas, Cincinnati, you didn't expect Joe Burrow to go yeah. down. Um, nope. You know, we expected those games, um, you know, to be ones to watch. So it is an interesting um, – AFC right now, you don't know. And I think that's what we love about it. You you know, look, I think coming into season, everyone's like Kansas City's the team to beat. They they are the team to beat until they're beaten, right? And so, but right now, it's all up in the air. No one knows. And I, that's what's great about football and what's going to be great about, you know, these next few weeks leading into the playoffs is, you know, how is it all going to shake out, right? And is Kansas City going to be able to hold on for home field advantage again? Or are they going to have to go on on the road for once? Right? Is Buffalo yeah. this is a huge game. <laughs> huge. It's huge for Kansas City. We we talk about that here a lot. We have our morning show host, Jeremy White, is he has been hammering home of the fact of how frustrated he is that the Chiefs have never had to play a road game in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And that you know that environment, just like if, yeah. if Buffalo hosted, you know, a play yeah. hosted a championship game. I mean that environment in that weather, in the cold, yep. it is tough. It's tough to win and so you know I don't know but this game is is going to tell us a lot about where the Bills are and where the Chiefs are before I let you go uh, give us a peek behind the curtain how does it work for your crew we get asked these kinds of questions a lot you know for me I'm on the Bills broadcast every single week I know my schedule yeah there's some flexing involved how about you guys uh what when do you know where you're going how far in advance and how does that change yeah you know May is like when the schedule comes out it's my favorite day of the year and I yeah. like, you know, you come and you see, like immediately you can tell which games are going to be ours on, you know, on CBS 425s. We get those games we know in advance because any 425 game, um, national game we will be doing. So we can, that's easy for us. And then we can kind of handicap it with the one o'clock, um, of course, right. until flexing happens. And then we can, we kind of know what's protected, what's not protected, um, what we might lose. But as it gets later in the season, you know, those games change because certainly the teams change. So, for example, we have Kansas City, Cincinnati, and the game against that is Miami, Baltimore. Well, we were definitely mm. at Kansas City, Cincinnati until Joe Burrow goes down. And now you have Miami and Baltimore, two of the top teams in the AFC right now. And, like, how do you pass up on that one, right? So there'll be, there yeah. might have to be some flexing on that. Who knows? Um, whether we'll get that or not. But that's what happens week 18. Of course, we'll never know. That's just depends on, you know, what teams are trying to get in and what makes sense for our window. And um, I mean, we've done, you know, games for the division and we've done games for just seating. So it really, you know, that all depends. But, you know, we basically will know a few weeks out. I think we know exactly where we are up until New Year's right now. Um, and that game is the one game we're, we're really questioning on, on where we're going to be. But it's good because you kind of, you know, I go into the season and I know the games I'm going to be covering. I don't waste the time to start studying teams that I know I'm not going to see. 
and it, it really does help. I mean, of course, you, yeah. you keep, you know, you know the landscape you're watching, sure. you're, you know, reading of everything. But if, if I'm not doing Chicago this year, I'm not doing a deep dive into Chicago. I'm going to focus, and I know I'm going to focus on Buffalo and Kansas City and Cincinnati and Miami and Baltimore. And then you get, of course, on the NFC side, we get, you know, the Cowboys and we got the Eagles a bunch. And that's really about it. You know, the Vikings here and there, um, San Fran we had once. But it really does help the prep in terms of being able to see teams over, over. And it helps your relationships with these teams. No doubt. Bills, Dolphins, by the way, week 18, that could be a really big one. You never know. Uh, it could uh, be down in South Florida that, for that I, game for you guys. That's going to be that, – that could be a great game. But it's some you don't know where both teams are. They that's might right. both be in, right? They might – not yep. be playing for anything. You know, Miami might have the lead in the, so it might just be for Buffalo. Does it have to be early? Does it have to be late? I mean, it's like we sit there. It's Jim Nance's favorite thing to do is sit there and go through the <laughs> schedule, especially week 18, and try and figure out the scenarios and where we're going to be. There's a game on that Houston Indy. That could be a yeah. really important game. Never right. did we think that would be our game. I, know, I haven't done a Houston game in forever. You know, I mean, wow. since Bill O'Brien was there, I think. But that could be a really good game for both teams. So you don't know. You're no right. Doubt. Yeah. No, no, wait, is that you got star power, too? In Buffalo or Miami? Uh, the Buffalo-Miami game is uh, down in Miami. Uh, oh, you guys did the one here in Buffalo. <laughs> oh, right. right yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Earlier. Hey. Listen, this year it's okay for me. We're going we're going to LA to play the Chargers uh on on to to do that broadcast yep. of the Christmas weekend. So I get I'll get a little time in LA and then Miami a few weeks later. I'm okay this time of year doing that. That's not right. a big, 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 bad deal for me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hey, so exactly. so every week I tweet out who's doing the game and every time I do I say, "Okay, Nance Roman Wilson this week." The number one response to me on social media is Hammer Gabe Davis and the over. Just want you to know. <laughs> big game Dave. Of course, it's cool. I know you guys. Are, I said to you last week we were at, we were in yeah. Philly, and I said to I walked up to Tracy after Gabe scores. I said I think Gabe has to give you guys a cut of his check and a bonus every time you do his game. He goes off. Hundred percent. Put him in your lineup. <laughs> you know, definitely bet some money on it. If we're doing the game, big game, Gabe is going to come out. Uh, listen, thank you so much. Uh, you're so generous with your time. Safe travels to Kansas City. Might be a little bit chilly. Let's hope we avoid some snow, but we're used to that here in Buffalo. But I'll see you on the sidelines. Looking forward to a great call with uh, you and Jim and Tony and seeing you in Kansas City on Sunday. Appreciate it, Sal. I'll see you there. Okay, thank you. Tracy Wilson, always generous with her time. We thank her for uh, joining us here on the Extra Point Show. In the meantime, Sabres take on the Boston Bruins tonight. 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock pregame, and Paul Hamilton joins us next to give us a little preview and talk about the state of the Buffalo Sabres. It's not very good right now. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.